Welcome back to the You Heard It Here First podcast. I'm your host, Sammy DeYoung, and today we have a very special guest who um, we haven't had in before or anyone like him on the podcast before. So today we have um, a missionary from our church. We have George is device. Very good. Okay, great. Yeah. We have George with us today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. Good. Uh, how's your day been going so far? Good, good. Yeah, good. it's a a beautiful day today, which is nice, yeah. and yeah, thing and uh, things are busy and moving and uh, a lot of stuff happening, which is always good. Yeah, <laughs> keeps you busy. Yeah, nice. great. Um, so to get us started, can you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, so like your family, hobbies, anything interesting you'd like to know about yourself? <laughs> All right. Um, wow, that sounds like a loaded question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm married uh, to Sarah. Uh, we met in Hungary, actually, um, oh, cool. when I was working in Ukraine right near the Hungarian border. She mm -hmm. was teaching in Hungary just across the border, and mm -hmm. that's how we met. And we're married in 1999. We have three kids. Um, Abigail, our oldest, is a freshman at Calvin this year. And then Matthew is a junior, and Elizabeth is a freshman at the Potter's House High School. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, we're back in the States for a year. We typically okay. live in Ukraine. So, yeah. and, and, um, yeah, I've lived over 25 years in Ukraine now, I guess. Wow. So it's, it's kind of strange to be here in the oh, U S sure. especially at this time, so much going on yeah. here in the country. When did you get back for a year? year? Yeah. Um, in June. Okay. So we've had, a summer has been a lot of adjusting. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and now with school starting up, there's the, the kids are adjusting. More. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, but we're excited to be here, and we're excited about um, some neat things happening in, in our ministry. Thanks. So, That's awesome. two other interesting things. Uh, well, uh, one not so interesting. You asked about hobbies. Um, you know, I really like television and film criticism. Oh, nice. Um, and so, uh, we've, as a family, we're really into kind of the Star Wars movies and the, nice. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we're actually looking forward to going to see this newest uh, film that just came out mm -hmm. soon. And um, the the other thing is that I have a rule that I will um, try anything once when it comes to new foods. Nice. And so I have eaten some really weird stuff. Oh, I believe it. Nice. <laughs> Maybe we can get into that a little bit later yeah. too to learn so, a little bit about well, like Ukraine and the differences and stuff. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so like you mentioned, you lived in Ukraine as a missionary, correct? Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about like how long you've been a missionary? What made you want to go into missions? Sure. Um, I actually never wanted to go into missions. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was not something that I was seriously considering. I was very interested in international relations and the Soviet Union when I was okay. growing up. I was studying political science and philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the Soviet Union collapsed. Um, and so it just changed the whole realm of possibilities. And in 1992, I was able to go in a pilot program to study Russian at the university in Kiev, which really just opened this part of the world to me um, in a whole new way. Yeah. Um, and so that's what really kind of solidified a call um, to yeah. ministry and, and to Ukraine and ministry in that part of the world. That's awesome. So how long have you been doing missions? So um, 
you know, I feel like the right answer to this question is all my life because yeah. we all are yeah, missionaries. We're always, uh, mission. we're always doing mission, whatever yep. we're doing. Yep. But um, uh, working as a missionary, mm -hmm. I've been uh, working for the Christian Reformed Church uh, and their mission agency since 1998. So what's that, 23 years now? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. And you do missions through an organization, through this Christian Reformed Church, but also with Resonate Global Mission. So Resonate Global Mission is the mission agency of the Christian Reformed okay. Church. And a lot of people are confused about it yeah. because a few years back, the Christian Reformed Church decided to combine what used to be Christian Reformed World Missions mm -hmm. and Christian Reformed Home Missions okay. into one kind of global organization. I see. So now Resonate is not only the, you know, working with missionaries overseas, but it's also doing all the stuff that home missions used to do. So campus ministry at universities, oh, cool. um, church planting ministries, um, ethnic uh, immigrant congregations, and all of those things now are all part of one um, global ministry, which is a great synergism yeah. Yeah. Um, in some ways because the world has come here. Yeah. And so, so much of the work that um, is being done is cross-cultural ministry, just like we do overseas, mm -hmm. but now it's being done in the U.S. and Canada as well. Yeah. That's really cool that it's all kind of like one, the same goal, but in different ways. Yeah. That's really cool. So while you're, this wasn't on my list of questions, I just have like okay. a follow-up question. <laughs> um, while you're here back in the States, you're still working with Resonate. What does it look like when you're not? out on the mission field. Okay, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. It's two, it's, um, we're actually combining two things this year. Okay. Um, so partly because of the needs of our family and our mm -hmm. oldest going to college, we felt that it was important for us to spend more time here because that's such a huge transition. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, a ministry that I've been involved with globally mm -hmm. um, we want to, we're, we're planning to introduce in North America this year. So I'm combining what's called reconnect, which is where we go and visit the churches that support us and individuals that support us. Oh, cool. Um, with also bringing um, a ministry that we've been doing for the last six years in Ukraine and in Europe and actually around the world to North America. Um, and so it's it's a very interesting, different, and and kind of busy year. It feels like yeah. two tracks are going on at the same time, and sometimes it gets a little bit confu <laughs> confused. Oh, I'm sure. Running together. <laughs> yeah, but it keeps you busy then because you yes. got kind of two things mm -hmm. that you're really focused in. Yeah, on. and then we also keep um, involved in in the things going on back in Ukraine and in Europe with our uh, the Europe team of Resonate as well. So those. So all of those things are happening. Yeah. Lots to juggle. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, have you mainly done missionary work in Ukraine or have you done it anywhere else besides like what you do here in the States as well? Um, so, yeah, I we uh, began working actually with the an ethnic Hungarian reformed church in Ukraine. And we were working with ethnic Hungarians in Hungary, Romania, and Ukraine, but focused on Ukraine, mm -hmm. helping them develop a mission arm of their church uh, to reach out to Ukrainian and Russian speakers. Mm -hmm. um, that developed into church planting and developed now into a, a whole new ministry, which is a global ministry that I'm involved in, called Healing Hearts Transforming Nations. Oh, yes. So this ministry actually began in Rwanda. 
after a genocide there that happened in 1994. Mm. Um, in Rwanda at the time, before the genocide, 80% of the population attended church every Sunday. Mm. And yet a genocide happened. And wow. the genocide even happened inside the churches. Mm. Um, and so when the genocide ended, it was 100 days and a million people were killed wow. um, in brutal and horrible ways. Yeah. And when that ended, church leaders realized that there was something wrong. How could this be that we're this Christian country, yet a genocide takes place? Yeah. And out of that developed this ministry called Healing Hearts, Transforming Nations, which is um, intended to help equip the church to take its role in society as God's agent of healing and reconciliation. So I first got involved with this in 2015 when, uh, in 2014, a revolution took place in Ukraine mm -hmm. and that followed, was followed with an invasion and Russia invaded Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And on the heels of that, there was so much going on in churches, especially near the conflict zone, yeah. um, where there was so much division, pain, um, uh, old historic wounds being reopened. Yeah. And uh, so we tried to come alongside pastors to see how could we help them in this. Mm -hmm. And I discovered this ministry uh, and was able to bring it back to Ukraine. And we're training Ukrainian uh, Christians to lead these. Um, it's a three-day immersive workshop that takes people through a process of healing and then leading into reconciliation. That's awesome. That sounds really cool. So is that what you're still currently doing in Ukraine is the main part of yeah. like what, how many other people are part of what you're doing at Ukraine through Resonate? Res I'm the only person in Ukraine okay. with Resonate. Um, and so we work with um, local churches. Um, okay. So uh, we have a team now of eight people okay. that we're working with that all live in Eastern Ukraine, right along the front lines of the war. I think mm -hmm. the war is still ongoing. Yeah. Um, and so we're working with all those, um, with different churches, different denominations there, mm -hmm. um, because we want the church to be in a place of um, health and yeah. have the capacity to step in to be that agent of healing and reconciliation when the war ends. That so, yeah, that's that's the focus there. And at the same time, um, we're being invited to go really all over the world to help other people learn this ministry as mm -hmm. well. So we've I've been actively working in Wales, in England, in Hungary, in uh, uh, Lithuania, uh, at uh, Lithuania Christian University, um, where they have students literally from all over the world. Yeah. So we've even had um, Iraqi students there, Afghani students there. Um, and, uh, and then also I teach um, every other year at the International School of Reconciliation in Kigali, Rwanda and work with the two kind of parent organizations of this ministry to help them continue developing it um, globally. Yeah. So we're in over 20 countries in the world now, and uh, most of those are in Africa. Okay. Uh, but uh, India, Sri Lanka, Myanmar as well. And um, we've trained people from Mauritius, from Cambodia. Um, and so it's, it's developing a, a much more global reach. Yeah, that's really cool. So it sounds like you've been kind of all over the place. So do you kind of go help get them jump started 
Well, I, I, help, I help organize what we call schools of reconciliation mm -hmm. and where we try to bring le leaders together mm -hmm. um, in different places. So we have one every other year in Rwanda. Okay. We have one every year in Eastern Europe, typically okay. in Ukraine. Um, and uh, we're, there's a French speaking one in Ivory Coast every other year. And they've, we've just started a new one in Kenya um, for East Africa. And so we have what's called the International School of Reconciliation, the mm -hmm. East African School of Reconciliation, and Eurasian School of Reconciliation, okay. and so on. That's that's our jargon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> lots to keep track of that. Yeah. Then. yeah. So, awesome. so yeah, I'm more on the training, teaching training okay. um, aspect of it. But then I help the team in Ukraine actually lead workshops along the front lines okay. in Eastern Ukraine as well. So your job is almost two parts then where yeah. you're training other people to go and do that and then you're mainly stationed in ukraine to help continue that yeah. work i see makes sense nice very cool um and you said you've been there for 23 years you were with resonate with yeah. resonate okay yeah. very cool um so while you're in ukraine so you've been back for a couple months now but while yeah. you were there like what did like kind of a day look like for you <laughs> like a day in the life of a missionary I, I would say um, there is no such thing yeah. <laughs> as a typical yes. day in the life of missionaries. But so some days it's you know sitting in front of a computer screen. You know, especially the last couple of years with oh, COVID, sure. we've spent a lot of time in front of com computer screens, which has yeah. been hard, yeah. really. Um, but uh, days are often traveling ten hours on horrible roads wow. uh, to get to a ministry site, and then mm -hmm. spending you know staying. On the sofa in somebody's apartment um, and spending you know three to five days there leading uh, a workshop or a training or um, a different event it can be mm -hmm. teaching in a seminary um, we uh, uh, and and it's a lot of just networking work where yeah. you're meeting new people um, you're you're sitting down for a cup of coffee and mm -hmm. and uh, trying to figure out where um, ministry and life connect um with yeah. them and uh yeah. so there's a lot of different aspects days aren't typically always the same yeah i can't it's, imagine that it would be yeah 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 so flexibil cool. flexibility is a key uh, characteristic you need to have to, yes to do well in the mission field for sure yes do you enjoy what you get to do do you enjoy that it's a little bit different every day oh yes very much so different. yeah um it's um, I enjoy meeting people. Um, I, I love learning about new cultures um, mm -hmm. as well. So um, I've really enjoyed that aspect of these last you know six years of ministry that I've been mm -hmm. uh, that I've been more involved beyond Ukraine as well. Um, and uh, I think um, yeah, seeing I would say the most fulfilling thing is just seeing God uh, really transform people's lives. Yeah. Sure. Um, when we've seen just over and over again as people go through this process of healing and reconciliation that um, yeah lives are changed families are yeah. changed and and um, it's an amazing privilege that God allows us to be a part of that yeah um, you know God doesn't need us to do it it's what God is doing mm -hmm. but um, the fact that he allows us to be a part of that is is a real privilege yeah, yeah. that's awesome you get to like stay in pretty close contact with some of these people you're working with. So you kind of get to see like how they've yeah. learned and grown through 
the work that you're doing and through the Holy Spirit. Some of them, yeah, yeah. Some, um, which is great when we when that relationship continues and develops. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it, it doesn't happen. Some, you know, we have people that sometimes come across the front lines to um, of the war to be a part of a workshop. Mm -hmm. They go back. We can't really have any contact with them um, unless yep. they're they're come across again later. Yeah. We do try to follow up at each site where we do a workshop. So like a month later, there'll be a follow-up. Three months later, there'll be a follow-up because we want to, you know, see what God's doing. You know, yeah. You know, and, and we also realize that healing and reconciliation aren't an event. They're a process. Yeah. Um, so we're helping facilitate a beginning, really, the very beginning of a process. Yeah. And we want to... Um, you know, our goal is to see that that process continues yeah. and that it begins to have effect in their communities as well. Yeah. That's really cool. It sounds like a great mission that you're doing. That sounds very cool. Kind of backtracking a little bit. Okay. You talked about at the beginning about how like you are always down to try new foods and stuff. Yeah. When you're going to visit people like 10 hours away or these other yeah. parts of the area, like is there any one food that they've like, provided for you that really stuck out to you that you're like, this was different and I probably wouldn't normally try it. And um, it was really good. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm sure there's <laughs> the one thing that jumps out at me, which, um, uh, is, is, um, a, a cold wheat jello. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and, um, yeah, my kids don't really like it <laughs> and I've learned to eat it. Um, the other thing that we get fed, um, pretty much everywhere, and I get a lot of that. Um, I, I I personally don't like, but again, I learned to eat it. Is called buckwheat, um, and it's just boiled whole buckwheat, and then um, so they may put some meat, some gravy on it, and some meat or, mm -hmm. or some. But it's it's pretty bland. Yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty bland. Yeah. Um, those those would be the two kind of things that jump out when you say that. But what Ukraine is known for that they do really well is dessert. They really? bake, they do cakes, they do amazing pastries and things like that. That's and that's awesome. one of the one of the good parts of going and visiting people yes. is that they're always preparing yeah. <laughs> their their favorite desserts to yes. share. And um yeah, they're amazing. That's awesome. Do you have a personal favorite? Um one of my personal favorites is a dessert called Napoleon. Okay. Um after Napoleon. Yeah. Um and it's kind of a it's made of very thin layers of um, like phyllo dough or like this pastry dough that that has a sour cream base, a sweet sour cream based cream between each layer. Nice. And that sounds it's, good. It's it's super good. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, thank you for. I'm always curious to hear about like other countries' foods and stuff like that to see like what's good, what's a little different. So I'm glad that you're like one of the people that's willing to try those things so then yeah. I can hear more. So about if you them. want to hear some of the weird things I've tried, yeah, <laughs> probably the weirdest thing I've ever eaten um, was on Easter in Romania mm -hmm. and they prepared a lamb. Um, but the first thing they served us were the eyeballs <gasps> and then the brains, which you literally nice. scoop out of the skull. Wow. Um, and so that was a bit of a shocking meal. Yeah. Um, but actually it tasted fine. It was, it was, I'm sure they know what they're doing. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. It was, it, and um, yeah, it was just something that I never in my life thought that I would be eating. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I don't know if I could do it. Um, yeah. So. 
Awesome. So to kind of wrap up this part of it, is there any cool stories that you're willing to share from the mission field? Anything that like any stories that just jump out to you? Um, yeah, there's, but you know, when we're involved in this healing and reconciliation process, um, people come sometimes that are very, very wounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have the privilege of seeing God start to work in that woundedness and mm-hmm. bring healing. Um, I think two stories uh, that really jump out at me. One is with uh, a person who's now a part of our team. And uh, she had been coming to other trainings that I had been doing on, on helping activate churches and um, into ministry in their communities. And then when we learned about the Healing Hearts Transforming Nations ministry, um, I let people know that we're going to be introducing this new ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as she heard the word reconciliation, she began to cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, what I didn't know is that she thought she was dying. Um, she thought oh. she had cancer. She was losing um, feeling in one of her legs. She was beginning to limp. She was having a more wow. and more difficult time walking. Um, but she took the train to come to our first um, event that we did, which was quite a distance from where she lived, mm-hmm. because she knew that she needed reconciliation in her life. Mm. And uh, she shared afterwards that, well, two things happened. During the event, she was physically healed. Um, And and this was in 2016. The pain in her leg has never come back. Wow. Um, The other thing that happened is that uh, she was reconciled with God and began a process of being reconciled with her family members. She was twice divorced. She was estranged from her daughter, from her mother, from her sister, um, and um, was kind of an outcast at her church because she wasn't nice to people. She mm-hmm. lived out of her own woundedness. She grew yeah. up with an alcoholic father um, in a very difficult situation, and God completely transformed her and her life. And she went back, and she began reconciling um, at church with her daughter, with her mother, with her sister, and, and then brought them in also to the ministry. Her sister is also a part of the team now in Ukraine, and they've been uh, really expanding this ministry in their area. So it's just an amazing transformation. Yeah. Um, and now she's yeah. part of your team. And now she's part of the team. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. She said in at, at the workshop um, that she came to, the first one, uh, she became a Christian, and she accepted Christ in 1992, um, but she found what she had been looking for all her life at Healing Hearts Transforming Nations. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome to see that growth. Yep. And to see how far she's come. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, really cool. Yeah. Awesome. You said there was two. Was there one more? There's one more, okay. a shorter one. Okay. Um, we were doing a workshop in a town uh, not far from the front lines, a, a larger town, and so the, uh, in, a, in a larger uh, church there. And a young lady came who had just come out of rehab and uh, very, very broken um, and went through this process. And it came out um, in, in the process that uh, she, had, she had been uh, abused by her father. Mm. Um, from the age of seven till she ran away at 16, her wow. father had been raping her. Wow. And... Uh, she of course ran into to one bad relationship to another, alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. um, the whole bit, and was really um, just recovering. Had just come through rehab, was trying to get her life back together, 
came in and um, one of the things we talk about is about healing of childhood wounds. Yeah. How our parents often aren't weren't able to give us the things that we needed and so we grew up with certain lacks mm -hmm. and how that affects our understanding of who God is. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard for us to bring our pain to a God that we don't think, if we don't think that God sees us mm. or if we think he's waiting to punish us for, or, you know, yeah. and when we don't, we, when we have a hard, often people who've had a hard time with their earthly fathers yeah. also have a hard time accepting God as a loving father. Yeah, for sure. Um, and entrusting their pain to him. Mm -hmm. And that's a critical part of our healing. Mm -hmm. um, because Jesus died not just for our sins, but also for our pain, yeah. the consequences of sin. Yeah. Um, and and she was carrying a lot of pain. And she had the opportunity to bring that all to Jesus at the cross. And, and she said it was like God just took this enormous weight off of her. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, during our repentance time, uh, some of the men who were fathers... Um, asked if uh, asked her to come up, and they they as fathers wanted to apologize to her for what she had experienced. And and she just wept. Yeah. And and it was an incredibly healing moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and now she's actually, I just found out a couple of weeks ago, she just got remarried. Mm -hmm. um, she had a daughter that she had had before, and she, I don't know, remarried. I think she's actually married for the first time. Okay. And, um, and she's now, uh, yeah, has, her, has a family and is, is doing well. And, and so it's exciting to hear those yeah. things. I mean, several years have gone by since yeah. that event. And um, so God is continuing her mm -hmm. on his path of healing. Yeah. Um, and to see people's lives change like that is just, uh, it's an incredible privilege mm -hmm. that God allows us to be a part of. Yeah. That's so powerful. And it's cool that even though there was that time in between, you still got to hear like mm -hmm. she is doing okay and that her yeah. life has come like full circle and she's doing yeah. better now. So that's really cool that you're able to be part of that. Thank you for mm -hmm. sharing both of those. Those are very cool and powerful stories and just show like the power of doing missions and doing missionary work and how much impact that it does have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Great. So we're getting toward the end of our time. I have my Sammy's six questions to kind of end on like a light note. I don't know if we'll make it through all six, but we'll see what ones we can get through. Um, did you have time to kind of look at yes, these I ahead, of time? These ahead of time? Great. Was there anyone that was like, I have a fun answer for this one? Um, let me <laughs> uh, take a look at your notes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm guessing my answers are, yeah, uh, not that interesting. That's okay. <laughs> uh, for, for me, at least, although yeah. I'm not sure here. I mean, what's the most interesting restaurant is, is the first question, yes. right? And you know, I think the most interesting restaurant I went I, I went to is I was traveling across Ukraine from south to north mm -hmm. and um, we were I, we had a vehicle at one time that had Michigan plates on it oh really and this was um, because vehicles are so expensive in Ukraine mm -hmm. it, uh, it was much cheaper for for resonate to ship a vehicle over wow. um, than to purchase a vehicle there I mean yeah it's like half the cost wow um, so at the time, that's what we did um, mm -hmm. because we 
for, for various reasons, but especially because of the cost factor. Mm -hmm. And be, then the war broke out in 2014 and I was visiting a church that was dealing with internally displaced people from the war mm -hmm. coming back from their home to Kiev and um, somebody slashed my tires. Um, my goodness. Because we were in a very pro-Russian part of the country mm -hmm. and we had a US plate on the car. Oh. <laughs> and so, um, actually, some Ukrainian soldiers at a checkpoint were very gracious and changed the tire. That's nice of them. It was very nice of them. <laughs> yes. and they wanted me to bring a message back to Obama, who was president at the time, to please give them weapons. They'll do all the fighting. They don't want American soldiers. They just yeah. need the means to defend themselves. Yeah. Now I'm glad that that has happened over the year over the years that we have been helping Ukraine more. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were stuck. Yeah, and we and there just there happened to be a little restaurant on the side of the road that was just in a village in the mm -hmm. middle of nowhere. Yeah, and so we were hungry. We went in, and it was amazing. It was just incredible, typical Ukrainian village food. That's awesome. And um, it was it was yeah. We I it was like what where are we? Yeah, <laughs> you know? but it was a great yeah. experience. A great restaurant. Yeah. So that that was one of the most interesting restaurants I ended yeah. up in. Um, my favorite Christian book, other than the Bible, um, I, I, the the answer I want to give is Harry Potter. <laughs> sure. But some might not say yeah. that's a, that's maybe not an intentionally Christian book, but I do think it has so many interesting connections. Yeah. So that but um, uh, and a more overtly Christian book that I think um, is really good is. Um, you Are What You Love by James K. Smith. Nice. It's very easy, short read, and it, it talks a lot about cultural liturgy, okay. which is, I think, really interesting. Yeah. And then the last one I would say is um, maybe The Color of Compromise by Tisby, I think is a really important book right now. Nice.